Our text is the Word of God, as summarized and confessed in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 38. Let us read that together. We found on page 554 of the Book of Praise. What does God require in the fourth commandment? First, that the ministry of the gospel in the schools be maintained, and that especially on the day of rest, I diligently attend the church of God to hear God's word, to use the sacraments, to call publicly upon the Lord, and to give Christian offerings for the poor. Second, that all the days of my life I rest from my evil works, let the Lord work in me through his Holy Spirit, and so begin this life in the eternal Sabbath. This afternoon's sermon was written by Reverend Reuben Bradenhoff of the Free Reformed Church of Mount Nasura in Western Australia. Brothers and sisters, today is a gift from God. For today is the Lord's day, when we can rest from our work and we can worship. And we should, for God has made this day holy. He has set it apart for a good and glorious purpose. Yet it's a day that's often abused, not just in our time, but over the centuries, there's been a lot of Lord's Day abuse. This special day has been twisted and neglected. You might say that this abuse is of two different kinds. First, there's the abuse that twits, twists it into a joyless, strict, and difficult day. Think of how some Jews treated the Sabbath in the Old Testament. They took seriously the command to hallow the day, but this meant that they multiplied the Sabbath requirements and restrictions. And that practice wasn't unique to the scribes and Pharisees. Over the centuries, Christians, too, have made many rules about what can, and especially what cannot, be done on Sunday. Then it becomes not a day for our refreshment in body and soul, but a day of stress over possible sins and infractions, a day of guilt for every enjoyment. There's a second type of Lord's Day abuse, the opposite kind. For just as some people regulate the day until there's nothing left in it for for believers, so others neglect it until there's nothing left for God. No longer does the Sunday have a special and holy purpose. It's just the last day of the treasured weekend, a day to fill with your activity of choice. The Lord's Day is a day like the other six, not for God, but for man. Today, let's return again to the reasons that God, in his wisdom and grace, has given us this special day. As Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man, and as the scriptures also teach us, the Sabbath is made for the praise and worship of the Lord. I preach to you the, God's word from Lord's Day 38 on this theme. God has given us the Lord's Day. Firstly, it is for us, and secondly, it is for the Lord. Point one, the Lord's Day is for us. We begin with the passage from the Gospel of Mark, where 
where we read about two different incidents from the ministry of Jesus. And you'll notice that both these incidents relate to the fourth commandment. In the first incident, Jesus and his disciples were walking somewhere on the Sabbath. As they make their way through a grain field, they're under surveillance. Earlier in chapter 2, people complained about Jesus' disciples because they weren't fasting like other devoted students of the law. Then the Pharisees complained that Jesus dared to forgive sins and even to feast with sinners. Suspicious eyes and ears are being fixed on Jesus and his followers. In fact, on this particular day, the Pharisees might have had a hunch that Jesus and his disciples have already broken the Sabbath and that they had done so just by walking too far. For this offense, they had no definite proof. However, what they can clearly see is that the disciples have picked some heads of grain while they walked and that they've separated the grain in their hands and have eaten of it. Immediately, Jesus and his disciples are ambushed by the Pharisees. They chastise the twelve for this crime, though the real target here is Jesus. They lay down this challenge. Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? For the Pharisees, taking a bit of this farmer's crop wasn't the issue. In fact, that was allowed in God's law. No, the issue was on what day the disciples had done this, reaching out the hand for a whole grain snack. How could they? It was a day of rest, the Sabbath. So was it really work to rub those hands? The problem was God's law didn't say. The fourth commandment wasn't specific enough on this point and on so many other points. This sort of thing had troubled the rabbis, the teachers of the law, for a long time. How could the people keep the commandments if they didn't know how exactly to apply them? For example, the rabbis didn't know what to do with God's law when it had said, do not carry a heavy burden on the Sabbath day. What's a burden, they asked. How heavy is too heavy? And how far is too far to carry? All these things had to be defined. We need policies for, the, for this. And this is the reason that traditions developed around the law. And the more layers of regulations were built on top of that. The rabbis spent hours arguing whether a person could lift an oil lamp from one place to another on the Sabbath, whether a woman could wear a certain piece of jewelry, or even whether a man might lift his child on the Sabbath. Was that work or not? In order to define Sabbath work, the Pharisees made a list of some 39 categories of prohibited activities compiling over 1,500 rules and regulations. According to these man-made standards, there was no question about it. The disciples had broken the fourth commandment. In those brief moments in the grain field, they'd become guilty of reaping, threshing, winnowing, and preparing food all on the Sabbath. So this was a good opportunity for the Pharisees to pounce and to reveal the disciples as lawbreakers. At the same time, they could also try to ruin Jesus' good reputation as a teacher. But listen to the answer that Jesus gives. Like so much of what he says, it sounds simple, but it really is profound and contains a world of meaning. 
The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. In the first part of that response, Jesus highlights one of two central reasons for the Sabbath day. It was made for man. That is to say, it's a day intended for the good of God's people. It is a day that God has given for our spiritual refreshment, for our mental relaxation, and our physical renewal. The Catechism is quite right to simply call it a day of rest. Rest. For God knows what our lives are like. We hear it from the Lord's mouth every Sunday morning in the law. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. And that's the reality. There's always so many things that can fill our week. From early Monday morning to late Saturday night, six days we labor. And most of us could easily find enough to fill a seventh day too. And an eighth day if there was one. Now, God always intended that as people work on earth, it's part of our God-given purpose while we live, that we should build and create and study and develop and manage. We live in a world where people think that the less work you do, the better off you are. In our society, work is only a means to an end. It's how you can make money to spend on yourself. But God says that work is a holy and meaningful calling. And that's true for all honest labor, whether it's in the church, or it's in the office, or it's in the kitchen, or it's out on the road. Work isn't a secular corner of our life, but it's very much a spiritual calling and a way to glorify God, our Lord, day after day. Our work can certainly be satisfying. It's a blessed opportunity if you're able to use your gifts to provide for your family, to help others and serving God by your wholehearted labors. But after the fall into sin, all our work has become much harder. As God said to Adam when he left the security and comfort of the garden, through painful toil, you will eat of the ground all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. And you certainly don't have to be a farmer working in the fields to experience how difficult labor can be. You know it if you're a carpenter or a school teacher. You know it if you're an engineer or a homemaker or a student in high school, whatever our position is in life. Our work can be full of challenges. It can make us sore, can make us stressed. Our daily labors can wear us out and frustrate us. And at times, our constant activity can seem to be pointless. What is it all for? God is a loving Father who knows that our daily work can be tiresome. And this is why he gives us a day that is set aside for our refreshment. Listen to what God says in Exodus 23. Six days do your work, but on the seventh day do not work, so that your ox and your donkey, the slave born in your household, and the foreigner may rest and be refreshed. In his care for us, today the Lord wants our bodies to rest and our minds to be restored. The Sabbath was made in order to give something that we as humans desperately need. Today, you don't need to work. You don't need to think about business or homework. Today, you can put aside all the stress of the weekly schedule. 
A break from routine is refreshing. That's why we love holidays. But there's so much other refreshment that we can get in this day too. For example, think about the blessing of Christian fellowship. After a busy day of being immersed in our own business and engaged in our own activities, it's refreshing to come to church and be with other saints. Today, we can worship together and talk together. Today, we can also help one another when we give Christian offerings for the poor. From Monday to Saturday, it's hard not to become tightly focused on our own life and concerns. But even being self-centered becomes wearisome to us. On the Lord's Day, we can rest from all that and show by our financial gifts, by our hospitality and communion, that we're not isolated and detached, but we're connected. On the Lord's Day, we can get an encouraging reminder that we're not doing life alone. The Lord's Day is a gift for another reason, because today we may hear the Word of God. Now, if anything is meant to be refreshing, if anything is reviving and enlivening, it's the Word of God. This is a day specially devoted to the opening of the Scriptures. When we come to church and meet with Him, God gives us a precious reminder of all the treasures that we have in the Gospel. And that's something we need every week. Even if we've read the Bible numerous times and we've heard countless sermons, our minds are weak and our memories are short. Good scriptural teaching and divine truth become crowded out by our daily plans for work, drowned out by our weekly worries about the kids, our memories of dark things and disappointments with life. Isn't it true that what we hear on Sunday is sometimes forgotten already by Monday afternoon? So we need to get back next Sunday and we need to hear the gospel again and again. Today's a gift because it's a day to take extra time for reading and hearing again God's word of grace. The Lord's day is for us. It's for our blessing and benefit. It always has been. You can understand Jesus' frustration in Mark 2. What the disciples had done wasn't worth arguing about. What the disciples, sorry, all those extra Sabbath rules and all that regulation and enforcement, all the worrying about what could and couldn't be done, this only burdened God's people. It diverted them from the true meaning and purpose of the day. What was the point of the Sabbath? If you were too hungry or anxious to enjoy the activities, then what was the point? The Sabbath was made for us. A person might sound really pious by insisting that we don't go to church for what we get out of it. It's not about us, it's about God. And that's certainly true that we're here to praise and glorify the Lord. Yet, it is also a day for us. Even worship is for us. God wants us to be here because he knows what we need. He ne we need the teaching of the word we need to be lifted up by the songs. We need to be exhorted by the law. We need the encouragement of being with fellow believers. Our Sunday worship delights God, and it delights us. After another tiring week, today God gives us new energy and new purpose. After another week filled with sin, 
Today, God greets us with grace and peace. After a week where we might have felt pushed around and trampled, today, God gives us the assurance of being with him and belonging to Christ. This brings us to point two, that the Lord's day is for God. The Lord's day is full of blessing for us, but there's another even greater purpose for this day. It's not only for lazy naps and good food, but what does God call us to do for him? The fourth commandment calls us to rest, as we've seen, but it also commands us to remember. It's a day of commemoration, and in the fourth commandment, God tells us why. Because it says in Exodus 20, verse 11, In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. This holy day sets before us the glory of our God and Creator. For by the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Our God is the Lord of all power and majesty and might and wisdom. From the very beginning of time, even before the law was given on Mount Sinai, God wanted his people to reserve a day for celebrating the strength and dominion that he displayed in creation. The Lord's day is for remembering how great is our God as he is the maker and sustainer of all. It's so fitting then that every worship service begins with this confession. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Before this holy God, we stand amazed and we worship. You probably know that God gave a second version of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5. And here the fourth commandment is slightly different. There God calls us to remember the Sabbath, not only in celebration of his creating, but in celebration of his redeeming. Deuteronomy 5 says that the Sabbath is for remembering that we were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord our God brought us out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the commandment continues, the Lord our God has commanded us to observe the Sabbath day. God wanted his people never to forget this, that he was their deliverer. The Sabbath is a day for glorifying God as gracious Savior, thanking the one who redeems his people in love. That's why it was so appropriate for Jesus to heal people on the Sabbath. He did this repeatedly in his ministry, and also in the second Sabbath incident that we read about in Mark 3. Right in the middle of the synagogue service, Jesus healed a man who had a shriveled hand. By that one act of mercy, he saved that man from what had been a life of pain and discomfort. The Pharisees complained about this too, but Jesus again rebuked them by pointing to the true meaning of the Sabbath. It's about doing good and saving life. This Sabbath healing made the Pharisees even angrier. Mark tells us that they went out and began to plot how they might kill Jesus. They were plotting his death. But this was actually the reason that Jesus came to, earth, came to the earth. He didn't come to heal the sick. He didn't come to take away bodily weakness. But Jesus came to die for those who were dead. 
He came to give his life for hopeless sinners and to save us from Satan's captivity. The plotting that was started by the Pharisees in Mark 3 ended with Jesus on the cross and in the grave. Now for the disciples, that first Sabbath after Jesus died was surely the darkest day. How could they ever again rejoice in the Lord? But it wasn't the end. For on the very next day, the first day of the week, Jesus rose from the grave. And that resurrection was a new beginning. On that Sunday morning, Christ completed a new creation. On that Sunday morning, he accomplished a new redemption, one that was far greater than the exodus from Egypt. By his resurrection, he sanctified a new day for celebrating God's power and glory. So when we wake up on the first day of the week, and we call today the Lord's Day, we get a built-in reminder. What's this new day all about? Who is this day really for? It's the Lord's Day. It's a day for focusing on the Lord, marveling at his greatness that he has revealed through creation and in redemption. It's a day for recalling how Christ came and offered himself as the final and perfect sacrifice for all our sin. Today we listen to the preaching of the gospel, and then we answer God's goodness with our adoration and worship. We fix eyes and hearts on him, remembering and reflecting and rejoicing in what God has done for us. Cutting out all the worldly noise, laying to rest all the regular tasks, stopping with all the other pursuits, today we can take the time that God has given and fill it with praise for him. We need to be here for us, and we need to be here for God. He doesn't depend on our praise, but he wants it. He wants to be exalted and loved. God is worthy. He wants worship to be the most important thing that we do all week. He wants his salvation to be the gift that we celebrate more than any other gift. A heart that loves the Lord will rejoice at the idea of spending a day with him, celebrating his goodness. Like the Old Testament saints cried out, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's when God gave the day of rest to his people in the Old Testament, he placed it right at the center of their lives. The Sabbath wasn't just another day of the week. It was a holy and everlasting sign. As God declares in Exodus 31 verse 13, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. We're more used to speaking of circumcision as a sign or Passover as a sign, but the Sabbath was a sign too. It was an outward marker and reminder of something real and powerful and eternal. When Israel faithfully kept the Sabbath, it was a sign and emblem that they were God's holy people, chosen and delivered. Today, too, the Lord's Day can be a sign to us, a reminder and a testimony for our faith. It's only one day out of seven, but it has a deep meaning about who we are and why we're alive. We could work seven days a week, but we don't. We could stay home on Sundays, 
but we don't. Instead, we get a powerful confirmation every Sunday again that we are God's. The Lord's Day is a signpost that marks the direction of our lives. For Sunday is a day for worshiping God, and it reminds us that every day we must worship. It's a day to rest from evil, and it encourages us every day to rest from evil. It's a day to prepare for eternity, like every day that we must be getting ready. We must be getting ourselves ready for eternity. On Sundays, God showers us with grace and gives us his blessing, and he tells us that he'll do the same for us all week long. Brothers and sisters, the worship services for today are nearing their end. After this, there's still a few hours left in this day of the Lord. Receive these hours of rest and reflection as gifts from God and enjoy them. And then go ahead into this week doing your work in strength, doing all things with confidence in the Lord, full of joy, full of faith. Like today has been, may the rest of this new week for you be filled with God's near and loving presence. And may it be filled with thankful praise. Amen. In response to the sermon, let us rise and sing from hymn three, stanzas one and two. <clears throat> 